welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky. And I am Leah. And we are wrapping up Indie Author Month with this episode, sort of. We still have two more quick shots for the month of April, but this is our last. I can't believe believe this is the last episode. It feels like April went really fast. April did go really fast. And we had some amazing authors we got to talk to this month. Well, and we talked to all new authors this month for show episodes also, which was very exciting because we we don't always have that happen. No, and we started this back at the, um, actually the last weekend in March. So we actually mm-hmm. got five indie author episodes this month versus, you know, just four. I will say though, I went down some delightful rabbit holes after these episodes. I mean, yes. And it's, I love talking to the indie author. I do have a special mm-hmm. place in my heart for the indie author. I just, you know, they own my heart yep. and my pocketbook. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> well. That too. So all month long, we've celebrated the indie author, the author who does it all, puts out some amazing stories for us. Uh, between Quick Shots of Romance and our regular episodes, we have featured 12 indie authors this month, and we share some of our favorites and found some new ones to love. On this episode, we are excited to shine the spotlight onto one of our favorite author duos, author Max Monroe. Mm-hmm. Leah, will you read us their bio? Of course. About five years ago, a dynamic duo of romance authors teamed up under the pseudonym Max Monroe, and well, the rest is history. Max Monroe is a New York Times best New York Times and USA Today best-selling author of more than 30 contemporary romance titles. Favorite writing partners and longtime friends, Max and Monroe, strive to strive to live and write all the fun, sexy swoon so often missing from their Facebook newsfeed. Sarcastic by nature, their two writing souls feel like they found their other half. This is their most favorite adventure thus far. And welcome to the podcast, Max and Monroe. Thank you for joining us. Hi. 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 Thanks for having us. Excited to be here. Um, our community at Buzzing Out Romance is are huge fans of your books. Like every time rom com stuff comes up, they're all like Max and Row, Max and Row. Okay, guys, we're we're working on it. We'll we'll get the <laughs> episode. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, so thank for the you. month of April. So for the month of April, we have been celebrating indie authors, and you guys are some of the original. OG indie authors that are out there. How long have you guys been publishing together? What is it? Six years now? Over? Mm, yes. Um, six, six years. Yeah, actually. Yeah. It's month. almost, it's exactly six <laughs> years this month. Yeah, six of years that. this month. Yeah. I, wow. Yeah. And then we were both publishing before that on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, we've been around since well, 2012, 13. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you both published individually. What made you make the move to writing together? Um, it, we, we don't remember who said, let's, how about we write a book together? We don't know who said it, but one of us did. And, um, we were close friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just wanted to do something fun and different. So it seemed like 
you know, let's give it a shot. And yeah, I mean, it was far more than I think either one of us anticipated. Cause I mean, here we are six years later, still writing together. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. been a bit of a whirlwind. It, there was like no strategy or anything <laughs> behind it. It was just no. let's give this a shot. Our, our business like marriage, so to speak, is like the Kim Kardashian, Chris Humphreys, except like it worked out because like we didn't really plan it. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, we were like, let's, this seems fun. Like, let's, let's do just it. do it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we did it. And then we're like, hey, <laughs> let's keep doing let's keep it. Doing so this. here we are. So <laughs> do you, do either of you publish individually anymore or do you just do your co writing we just do co-writing. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah, just, we'd never look back. too much fun to write together. I, it would be really hard to write on my own now. I don't know that I could, like I, it's just so much fun um, writing with Max. Mm. So, I mean, she's like my writing soulmate. Mm-hmm. Well, and you guys yeah. publish a lot of books in a year. So you would, I don't know how you would have time to write a whole nother book on a side project. <laughs> you never it, know. It would be really hard. Most of the time we're too ambitious for just ourselves. We, mm-hmm. we are the book world definition of uh, uh, our eyes are too big for our stomach or what's that? How's that go? Did I get that right? For yeah. Our fingers. Yeah. yeah. We but for our writing, because we'll be like, we get, we make a plan, and we're like, okay, this year, and we have it all lined out, and then about four months in, so around now, we're like, what were we thinking? <laughs> then we started. How did we think we could do this? <laughs> yeah. Time to adjust. Yeah. So before you guys started writing romance, were you readers of romance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. definitely. Um, I loved reading romance. I, I mean, I've always been a pretty voracious reader. So since I was little. Um, so yeah, I mean, it. I loved reading romance. And that's why I think writing romance felt like the right place. Yeah. What yeah. about you, Max? I mean, Were you a reader? I'm actually the opposite of Monroe as far as this goes. I was the anti-reader growing up. I, um, I, my mom was a voracious reader of romance novels um, since I could remember. And, um, but I guess because of age and, and I don't know that I just never fell into the right genre when I was growing up. I never found something that I was really enjoying. And so I was kind of an anti-reader. It wasn't until adulthood that I, it was romance for me that set me into, wow, like I'm a reader. I have no idea how I went this long thinking I didn't enjoy reading. Um, So it's kind of a, a fun little twist that now <laughs> that's my life, <laughs> but I mean, I would not change it. It's not something I saw happening, but like, it's, it's meant to be for sure. So I, romance is what sold me on reading altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I listened to an interview, our sister podcast, we host a podcast that's all geared towards historical fiction and historical romance and Jane Ann Krantz was on 
an interview that we just did. And she said that being someone that can read for pleasure is really a gift. And those of us that have that gift don't realize why others don't experience it like we do. And I thought that's really interesting and really profound because I never thought of, I've always been a reader. Like I can't get enough books. So, you know, to me, it was more of a hindrance. I can't keep, can't keep myself in books sometimes, but um, it's just neat. And I, I like to hear people's reading journey because I've always been a reader but I have children mm-hmm. that are not mm-hmm. readers. So, and I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you not want to read all the time? I don't get this. <laughs> well, all hope is not lost. They may grow up to become readers. You know, I mean, uh, I think it's just. A, yeah. My girl child has found, my girl child has found queer romances and she's all in now. She can't get enough mm-hmm. of them. I'm like, okay, have Adam sister, all yours. <laughs> so what, why an author? Like what drove both of you to start publishing individually? Um, I've always enjoyed writing. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, little on, I would write poetry. I mean, probably not good. Although I wish I could find some of what I wrote way back when. Um, So writing was always something that I, loved I always had a passion for um and I've always been way better at communicating my feelings and um on paper (laughs) rather than speaking it um so I mean oddly enough that wasn't my original career path when I um went to college I I was in nursing I, I was a nurse for 10 years so yeah, I, I mean, it's just always been something that I've enjoyed. So it it's kind it's kind of been a natural progression to that. Mm-hmm. What about uh, you, Max? I mean, for me, for me, it's it's similar in that I um emotionally I was the you know young adolescent girl who was writing in her diary and her journal and all of that stuff, that was a cathartic thing for me. Um, And like Monroe, I did not ever consider, um, not that she didn't consider it, but I didn't consider it as a possibility for a career. I mean, to be honest with you, I went down the road of, I'm also, I'm into science and and I went to college for meteorology, (laughs) weather uh, of all things. So that's, that's my uh, degree and um but always in the side you know writing was something that I enjoyed and I I guess had a um a little bit of a talent in so to speak because even in like classes that I just was required to take in college or if I took an extra course there was there was something there where a teacher would say hey you you know you've got something here, but I never considered that as a possibility career-wise. And then when I decided to give it a try was really um, in the peak of looking for something. um, I don't want to call it an escape because technically it's not like I needed to get out of my life, but I was in 
um, the newborn stage. My son was a newborn, my first son. I was searching, I guess, soul searching for something that would light me up. Um, and reading was doing that. And um, I had a story and I thought I should just try. I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> you know, that's kind of, I really had no confidence that I could do it. But I said, what does it hurt if I, if I try to do it? And um, so I wrote that first book, well, the first draft in like two weeks and it was not good or anything. Don't get me wrong, but it was, I did it. It was a confirmation of you could do this. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and really then I just, it was a piece of me. Um, I had to do it. So even through many years of struggle, I mean, our solo careers weren't exactly like burning it up, <laughs> but no. I, I never, there was never a consideration of maybe I should stop trying to do this. I just kept, kept at it. So. Yeah. We hear that from a lot of authors, like the stories, once you start writing the stories, they just keep coming. And sometimes you can't quiet the voices. <laughs> they talk to you which we find fascinating you know yeah. and that's my husband's always like you should write a book and I'm like I fix the words I do not write the words because no Same voices are talking to me <laughs> nobody talks to me in my head well yeah I mean yeah. it is a problem with we'll be invested in a book like we're writing it actively writing it and then you know, there's another story idea marinating and your brain is wanting to get to know the characters. And it's like, is this not time for this? Hold we on. <laughs> We're still on the trip with these guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, we'll be back. <laughs> Can you just give me like three weeks? Then yeah. we'll be back together. <laughs> Do you have a romantic trope that is your favorite? It can be to write or to read. I have a guess as to what I think maybe your favorite romantic trope might be. Um, man, I mean, I always usually say enemies to lovers for this because I really love enemies to lovers. Um, but there's a lot of tropes that I do really enjoy writing, but I think at the base of it, any trope that allows for like the sexual tension to build and build and build, that's usually my favorite to read and to write. Yeah, I, I was gonna mm -hmm. say like uh, rivals to lovers because you like that antagonist, that one that's mm -hmm. just kind of picking. And um, yeah. I just recently reread Banking the Billionaire and that one was like, I mean, seriously, they could not one up each other. <laughs> anymore um i also no. i also have to ask like whose idea was like going to a coma as soon as she orgasmed because that was like the funniest <laughs> thing i was dying in that book i'm like she totally just passed out on him like oh. i don't know i mean that's usually so how funny. it is with us yeah we that's the funny know. part we don't know who does what like after the book is done I mean uh, that sounds crazy every time I say it out loud it mystifies me but to this day like just now we had this the secret came out recently and I was reading something in it somebody posted a quote and I was like 
Which one of us wrote that? I mean, I can't <laughs> remember. We don't, oh. we don't remember. And usually it's like, what'll happen is, you know, she'll text me or call me or say like, I just was reading this part. Like when we're going through on a final read through and like, it was so funny. And I'll be like, you wrote it. And she'll be like, no, I didn't. <laughs> I think you totally did. Because we just, it, after we've both been in there so much and had our hands in every little thing, we don't remember. And I think it's also because we, we have very similar humors. So yeah. we will often, that's one of our main things in an editing process is we make the same joke more than once usually because we'll both make it once. If we're on the same topic, we just, we're we thinking of it and then we have to take one out because obviously, you know, yeah. it's not funny Can't. twice. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, there is a cohesion to your writing. Had I not known you were a writing duo, I never would have guessed it. I um, actually didn't know because I had found you guys like with Klein and like had went through a bunch of your books, and then I found out you're a writing duo, and I was like, "No, they're not." Like your <laughs> your writing, it just it moves to like. Not that this sounds really bad, but it moves so like too seamlessly to be two people. Like, cause there are some like books out there, like, you know, it's a duo just cause there's little like nuances that are different in like the mm -hmm. styles, but you guys, like there's, there's mm -hmm. nothing like it just, there's, it flows so nicely on the page. Well, thank you. That's, I mean, that's, that's what we, I think that's compliment. why we just keep, yeah, it is. And that's, it just, I, we're very unconventional in how we write together. Like if you would talk to other author duos, they generally have a very systematic approach. Um, mm -hmm. We are not, we are kind of, I mean, we'll, we plot a book, but we do a lot of loose plot points. Um, we definitely will develop the character. We'll kind of have notes on how we want the, the characters to develop throughout the book, but we don't like to box ourselves in, but we also like every book, the writing process is different. Like we never, it's not like I write one point of view, Max writes the other, and this is how we do it. Every book it like, we've done it every way, mm -hmm. just like the sex in our books. We've done it every, <laughs> every which way you can do. <laughs> yeah. We've done it. <laughs> Um, someone once said that being a writing duo must be like being agents of chaos because you can, I think it was actually Jiffy Kate that said it, it. probably was because they were like, you can kind of just change things. And sometimes your partner catches it, but sometimes they <laughs> don't. And so I, I think that with you saying that you plot lightly, it kind of does allow for a little bit of your own natural flow into your writing. And that's probably why it has so much cohesion to it. Probably. I mean, we, if we would really, um, like we had a really long conversation with Helena hunting and she plots, she mm -hmm. plots and that's her process. That is mind blowing to us. <laughs> like, yes, if she does we, like a 10,000 word outline. We were, yeah. I mean, Mariah Ankerman, Mariah Ankerman mm -hmm. has notebooks, she, like, like 500 she, pages. Uh, Mm -hmm. with like it's insane the amount that, of plotting that she puts into we it need like the spontaneity yeah if we would plot we like did that we would yeah. be like the book written right <laughs> like, <laughs> done. Done. can i give my notebook <laughs> to the editor 
Uh-huh. <laughs> that literally, we'd be like, 10,000 words isn't too short, right? Yeah. It's done. That would be us. 100%. Fix the sentences in yeah. this one. Because uh-huh. <laughs> it would like suck the creativity of it out. Like we're discovering the characters as we're writing them. <clears throat> I mean, we, we know how we want to develop them and we have our basis, but man, yeah. I mean, that's, and that's probably what allows us to, since we're both like that, that's how it's just very cohesive. If I was the, if I plotted like Helena, we, I mean, me and Max wouldn't be able to write together and yeah. vice versa. It just wouldn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't really like we're not planners for the podcast either, so we get that we can relate to the pantsers. <laughs> we loosely plan, sort of. Yeah, that's sort of. that's all that we do. Or rather, we we <laughs> have plans in place, but they usually don't. Fall. Like, there's a running joke, like for like challenges and stuff that we do, like where we make rules, but then they're like, "Can I do this?" We're like, "Sure, why not?" The rules are just guidelines. Guidelines, loose, there's, loose little yeah, guidelines. We just have loose guidelines for for everything. Mm-hmm. So. So making that decision to write that first book and press publish, can you talk to us about that decision to, you know, make that step to press publish on that very first book? Um, Okay. So I guess really the thing with this was that it was, (laughs) we touched on it a little bit before, but it was truly meant to be just a fun time. Um, We knew we were going to publish it. But mm-hmm. we didn't have some grandiose plan of like, yeah, this is Max Monroe. It's going to be a thing. This is going to be our new job. It's going to be, it was really, um, <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, honestly, there was none of that. It was no. all, we were, we were, we were good friends. We were a support system. We both had some personal things going on where, and you know, we just weren't really, on the top of our top tier of like times, right? We both had some struggles and we wanted to have fun. So we were like, what's more fun than writing a book together? And we also, I mean, we kind of, if you've read the book before or not, we wanted to have fun with all of those kitchen sink tropes. I mean, we basically Mm -hmm. threw the book at it um and we wanted to play with doing it in a different way let's Mm. write a billionaire and a virgin that aren't the standard billionaire and virgin let's write that's what we wanted to have fun let's make it our own um and let's laugh a lot that first book we I mean it was a game to see like how much we could make each other laugh um, like that was my entire goal while writing, not like, let me make this marketable or, um, <laughs> you know, it was literally, is Monroe going to laugh when I send her this chapter? How much? Like, is it really funny? So, um, that's how we wrote that book. And then, um, when we did hit publish, I mean, I guess in a lot of ways that translated, um, Mm-hmm. across the board and you know so the readers had fun with it too so I mean I think there's always nerves with publishing a book I mean even this far into our career mm-hmm. there's always nerves because you never know like you we're not pizza like not <laughs> like we not everybody is gonna love every single thing you write I mean we have a really fantastic reader base and our our core readers are really supportive 
Um, but even them, I mean, I, I think that's with anybody that even if there's an author you love, that doesn't mean every single book they publish is something that you're like, this mm -hmm. is the best book ever. Um, but with, with tapping the billionaire, we both really love that book so much. Like it, we had the best time ever. So while there were nerves, I don't think we ever felt like we shouldn't do this. Should we not publish this? Like mm -hmm. we felt really confident in what we had created. Um, mm -hmm. and I, and that's, that plays into the writing as a duo because you have a built-in support system and it's not just your editor looking at your book or your proofreader like you have a support system and you feed off of each other and that that does help with confidence when it comes to publishing something yeah you also are guaranteed at least four sales because you got moms and dads and <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, I, I love that first book. And I, I look back at like where things were six years ago when I was reading those books and they were so laugh out loud funny and they brought such joy and there was enough sexy in them too, that it wasn't just hilarity. It was also like the spice. And I loved that about those books. And they came at a time when, you know, there was a lot going out in the world and they were like this bright shining spot. I, cause originally you guys were not in Kindle unlimited. No, cause yeah, I found you guys. Yeah. I originally found you guys through my library and then someone was like, no, they're KU. I'm like, no, I am fairly positive. <laughs> cause <laughs> six, seven years ago, I wasn't buying books. I had other yeah. stuff going on with my kids. So I, I'm pretty sure I found them in the library. And then I went back and I looked through my old library history. And I'm like, yes, I did read them in the library. I'm not incredibly <laughs> crazy. Pretty stinking close. Oh, you were right. Yeah. We weren't in KU until 2019. Okay. Well, no, the very end of 2018. We did okay. the jerk duet when in KU. So yeah. That's right. Um, but we put our whole backlist in in 20, 2019. Mm -hmm. I love so. that jerk duet and the way you set it up. Like, I thought it was just so innovative and it like was unexpected, but I just, I love the whole like process behind that one. Well, thank you. Up, like, I mean, ironically, yeah. that was a podcast. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. We had a lot of fun with that one, actually. Oh, yeah. That was really fun. I don't think I've that read was... that one. It's, it's really good. It's two books. Book one is like the females podcast. Book two is the males podcast and how he's like a dumbass and made stupid decisions. How have we not, how have we not reviewed this yet? I don't know. We'll put it on the list. It's going to go I, on the I list. I know I've talked about it. It's um, delightful. Did you always want to indie publish? Did either of you try to do the traditional route of seeking an agent, querying manuscripts, even trying category, or did you always just feel like indie was going to be the way you were, were going to go? Um, I, I think eventually we'll go the traditional route with, we'll test it with like a book maybe, or mm -hmm. a small series. Um, but we, we really like having the control that we do uh, with indie publishing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do have an agent, um, and you know, she shops our audio and our foreign publishing. Cause that's not something we would want to handle on our own at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, we really like indie publishing because we we wouldn't have books. I mean, we'd have to write a book like a year in advance and then <laughs> with yep. traditional, I mean, that would be a whole new thing for us. We don't, that would be <laughs> very different. We get yeah. it. That's why we're well, an indie we, podcast. So yeah. <laughs> we get it. We, we like here. Like she said, we like to have the freedom and control of it. And then we also like waiting would, I don't even know. I mean, I guess maybe we'll experiment one day, but we get so excited about a book being done when it's done. Like holding it is like, no, we like want it to be out when we're (laughs) we're done with it, when we're feeling it, when we're thinking about it, when we're like fresh into it versus like, you know, well, we already wrote four other couples since then and I'll go back and kind of think about them and try to get in the no we like we want to be in that mode um so that's obviously something that indie really allows us um and I don't even think we didn't even (laughs) the only reason we went for an agent was when we were like you know way in way over our head like hey we're gonna need somebody because Mm -hmm. yeah we were getting people you know querying us about foreign or other things that we were like oh. <laughs> we don't know what to do you can't handle so, you see like, one more contract and you're like no no <laughs> no <laughs> we need an agent uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. just so you know yeah. terms and conditions for our podcast internationally are the same no matter the provider no matter what country <laughs> we're really big in portugal right now so and really? Costa Rica. That's awesome. Uh, That's no, really awesome. Chile. Oh, did we go down? Chile. Oh, it was Chile. We, we fell off Costa Rica's, but now we're, we got a following. <laughs> we're not sure why, because we don't speak Portuguese <laughs> or Spanish, but we beat That's NPR really a couple awesome. weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm like, look at this. We're like, That's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Makes us feel very special. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's the little things for us. Well, my husband is originally from Belgium and it's very common in Europe to most, most Europeans do understand English and can speak yeah. English. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times like they, when they play movies, um, American movies, they play them with the subtitles. So they're hearing the English with the subtitles. So, I mean, they probably do. They obviously are. Well, we have a community member that is in Brazil and Mm -hmm. she is fluent in Portuguese, but she prefers to read in English. And um, it's very interesting to talk to her because her parents do not read English and they only read Portuguese. And so she feels like she can read more what she wants. She's very young. She's like 19. Um, we figured out she's the other day. She's almost 21. No, she'll no, be 21 soon. She'll be 20. Oh. She's only 19. Like, in the fall. She can read what she wants. She can read what she wants mm-hmm. without parental, like, um, yeah. looking over her shoulder. And she's oh, like, I kind of like uh-huh. that. It's a secret. I'm like, well, good for you. <laughs> yeah. But I could be your mom, so we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the choice to go over to Kindle Unlimited? That's something... As indie authors, um, it's not always an easy choice to make that decision. Am I going to be wide? Am I going to go to KU? Am I just going to do KU via series clumps? 
or am I just putting everything in KU? So you don't, we don't need details like finances or anything that we're just curious, like what goes into making that choice? Cause you guys came from being wide and then into we did. KU. Mm-hmm. And it was getting very difficult wide with marketing um, and to reach new readers. That was the difficult part of being wide. Um, we wanted to reach as many readers as we could. And so we tested Kindle Unlimited. Um, I don't, was it the jerk duet? Was that the first, the thing, we the first thing we put in there? Mm-hmm. And yeah. we were reaching new readers with it mm-hmm. um, in a way that we just weren't experiencing with a wide format. Like, general it's just hard to stay in the algorithms like on amazon to make sure your book is visible organically not just through advertising right and um with kindle unlimited i think you do have more of an option at least we do i don't i wouldn't i wouldn't there's a caveat to that because i think every author is different Mm -hmm. and and every author's readers are different. They have different, you know, reading and buying um, behaviors. But for us and for what we're writing, and uh, it just, we reach new readers with Kindle Unlimited at this point. Mm-hmm. And I would say for a, from a reader financial standpoint, it mm-hmm. allows us to be accessible to more people um, because of, you know, a one fits all subscription price where they can download, you know, as many books in a month as they can get. And yet as an author, um, you know, as a proponent of KU, like she said, it's not for everybody, but for us, we're still getting um, paid what we think we should get paid with a Kindle Unlimited subscription, but it's also making it very accessible to the reader. Mm-hmm. Um, so the burden is not necessarily on the reader financially. Um, so for us, that's, that's huge. Um, yeah. and it really has allowed us to, um, build a much bigger reader base, um, and allowed a, a lot of readers access that maybe wouldn't have had it before. Yeah. Something we've I- learned throughout the podcast is not every library is the same, just because I am very fortunate. I live in Ohio. We have a great library system and a great digital library system. Leah lives in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Her library system. It is not as good. It's not as good. It's not the worst. Well, like my, my <clears throat> half of the state is not great. Like the Philly half of the state is better, but it's still <clears throat> like Becky surpasses us by leaps and bounds. And library systems are not as common internationally either. <clears throat> you know, like our listener in Brazil, she doesn't have access to libraries like we have. They don't have digital platforms down there. And Kindle Unlimited was a game changer for her. Mm -hmm. You know, it was affordable to get your hands on an an English written paperback was something like, what'd she tell us? Like 125 US dollars to buy like a paperback Mm -hmm. in English. And when you go to the library, it's classics. It's, and it's not ones to check out. Um, so Kindle Unlimited, there is this accessibility to it that um, it kind of levels the playing field for the reader, for the reader. For the reader. Mm -hmm. And I find it interesting because like there are some authors that we have talked to who like they tried KU and they said that it just didn't work for them. So like they have had much better success like across the board, but it just, 
but they tested it and it didn't work. And I think it's interesting to, to hear like, there's both sides. Like there's some people that thrive in that KU environment and some people Mm -hmm. like they thrive in the wide environment. Mm -hmm. You just, it's just, that's the thing. Like not everything works for every author. It's not, it's not a flat plane. Like there's, there's so many different options and it really just depends on who you are, like what works for you. For sure. Uh, That goes for everything. That goes for Mm -hmm. everything about being an author um, is that what works for, you know, Susie over there is not going to work for anybody else necessarily. Um, you can't follow someone. You have to um, find what works for you specifically. And that can be difficult, especially because quite frankly, it's always shifting also. Mm-hmm. It's not like you mm-hmm. find something that works and then that's what works forever. Um, that's not the case. But I mean, we've had several instances where um, I won't even call them a misstep, um, but you just learn <laughs> where we write a little bit of a different hero that would be really well received if they were written by someone else. But for us, that's not what our readership wants. Or if we put someone on the cover that would be really well received in some other um, author's reader base, but was not well received in our reader base. It's just a thing that it's, the shoe does not fit (laughs) more than just you. You just have to do your thing. Well, and I think too, it's like constantly evolving. Like something that worked for you five years ago might not be what people are looking for now. Like there's the whole cover debate right now, like in all of that chaos mm-hmm. but we won't go into that because becky it's a little hot <laughs> you what what's the cover to be the muted covers i hate them i hate them the, but like, i lived i'm discreet. a kid of the 90s so i started you know, the discreet covers mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i started reading romance my mom's was jude Devereux, julie garwood laverle spencer and mm-hmm. the classic clinch those mm-hmm. were her covers. That's what I grew up reading. There was no shame. Those were on the store shelf. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then we went through the 90s with the object covers and they were okay. But you got at least you got a step back. So even if mm-hmm. there was like a treasure mm-hmm. chest on the front, when you opened it up, the pirate and his billowing shirt was on the inside. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it's evolved and I'm a fool for an illustrated cover. I will buy every single one of them. I love them all. Mm-hmm. Um but I like my abs. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. No, I think this is an interesting thing because I have seen some talks of this. Um, We've been in the writing cave a lot, so I haven't really, (laughs) usually I don't really check into it, but for us, um, we go by feel of the story. Mm -hmm. So we are not we're not going to just go all discreet or not. It, it just depends. We released one that has an, an animated cover. It's Oops, I've Fallen. Mm-hmm. Because that story, that's what the cover needed to be. Um, it wouldn't have worked, you know, with a sexy guy with abs or whatever. It just wouldn't have felt right for the story. So I think it's interesting because I, my opinion of it is that there should it should go by feel like as an author, you mm-hmm. shouldn't feel pressure 
you're, you're going to box yourself in if you are like, well, everybody's doing discrete covers. So I need to go that route and do discrete covers. You really should stick with your own, you know, what you're feeling works for your book. And that's how we've been handling it. I mean, we'll probably, we've got another book that'll have an animated cover because that's what is right for the book, but we're not going to stop putting like sexy guys on covers. But there's a feel mm-hmm. to your books, like the white, the white cover with the guy, sometimes a couple um, mm-hmm. with the bold colored wording for the title. That mm-hmm. is your book. That is your look. So when I see that as I'm scrolling through things, mm-hmm. that's that's a Max Monroe book currently with the bet, the pack and the secret. It's a dark mm-hmm. book with a man in a mm-hmm. suit, which hello, sisters, hello. those covers are nice. But you so still nice. stuck with the nice bold colors though too, which I like. Yeah. You didn't and it's like I instantly know those. series Max Monroe. And I can yeah. one click because I'm also the fool that does not read a blurb. Like if the title is enough to catch me in, like mm-hmm. sibling's best friend is somewhere in the title, bought. Um yeah. like the bet, the pack, the secret. I've not read them yet, but I bought them all because those are all <laughs> things. That, See, and I'm, <laughs> I love I love a good blurb and you guys give good blurb oh, there are some authors that do not give good blurb we work we put a lot of time into our blurbs blurbs are really hard we can mm-hmm. we can come up with a story idea and know exactly where we're going to take the book and we're ready to write it easier than we can come up with a blurb because we, we try to always have a fresh take on mm-hmm. a blurb. Well, you know, when you're 40 books in, a fresh take feels like, oh God. Now, are you, are you those authors that, that wait to the last minute to write the blurb? It varies, close. honestly. <laughs> yeah, close, close enough. I Close is spilling the There's tea. There's <laughs> We've enough pressure. Yeah, that's true. We usually, I mean, it's usually pretty close, pretty close to the end. Yeah. I mean, not always, it's not always like that, but there's usually some pressure behind it. Like, well, we can't just ruminate on this. We really better get to thinking. Well, I think it was Susan Stoker who said she makes her editor write her blurb. Her editor. Well, and Sawyer Bennett's. Yeah personal assistant writes her blurbs because Sawyer's like, I can't do that. And actually, um, Riley Edwards had put out a book and when she put the book up for pre-order, she had a blurb there, but that was not what the book was about at all. So she just, she stopped putting blurbs up until like right before the book releases because I ruined it for her. (laughs) Cause I was like, I was really excited to read this book but it didn't match the blurb at all. And she's like, I got like partway through the book and I was like, this is not their story. So she just scrapped it, but never took it down. And so when you got into the book, it was completely different. And I made a comment about it on the podcast (laughs) and she stopped posting blurbs. And I like apologized to her. I was like, I didn't mean to do that. She's like, it's okay, but it is your fault. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happened. We'll put up. We'll mm-hmm. put up a short blurb if we have a pre-order mm-hmm. that gives us enough room to not hurt anybody. We're like, mm-hmm. we got th- this is definitely it. So we'll give you a couple sentences. And then when we figure out the rest, 
we'll let you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I'm fine with that. Okay, so your current series right now, the one that you are just finishing up, is the Winslow Brothers. Mm -hmm. Their sister is in one of the books. She's in Wes's book. Yes, Scoring the Billionaire. Winnie is in that book. So that's when the Winslow Brothers first appeared. And um, did you always have plans to write them? readers really wanted us to write them we did and we we also loved the idea but they weren't like talking to us mm-hmm. that we weren't we weren't they weren't talking to us so we were not ready she might have froze for a minute Wait, well, we were oh. it's okay You're back. For, just for a second it's okay um okay so so your readers just really connected to these brothers um, mm-hmm. in their sister in Winnie's book. And so the books are The Bet, The Pack, and The Secret. The Secret just released April 9th. Um, and these, is there one more brother to go? Are there four brothers? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So what is one more brother, um, Remy. He's the oldest and he's actually the brother that people really connected with from the beginning. And um, he's the final brother. So and what is his book's uh, title? Does it the have redo. a title? The, the redo. redo. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so because he's kind of uh, there's kind of a grouch, isn't he, in his sister's book? It's kind of yeah. like a little gray storm cloud a little bit. A little bit. He's kind of a, he, I mean, he's fun too, but yeah, he's, he's got an edge to him, okay. but he's got a, he's got a cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I like all these love things. Love hasn't been kind to him. Yeah. Love hasn't been kind to him no. in the past. So he's kind of not really, he's a he's bit a rashy jaded. about love. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. I yeah. saw a TikTok today for The Secret, and they were teasing it out about the desk scene between the love interests. Ooh. And I'm like, yes. how fast can I get to this? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's when I pull it up and just do the searches for the words. I just read all the naughty parts. I'll just, I'll just go to the naughty bits. <laughs> the desk. I- I was like, that's a way to tease a scene and tease a book. (laughs) There's a lot of naughty books in this book. So, I mean, if you just read it through, you're going to hit a lot of them. (laughs) You're going to hit a lot. No, no searching required. No, there's, it's a lot of that. These two were Mm -hmm. rabbits. They like to bang. Little rabbits. That's okay. okay. Um, I'm okay with that. I mean, so I'm- after the Winslows, what's next? We have a few standalones we want to write. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we also eventually want to do a spinoff of the, I mean, they won't be kids, but it, it, the billionaire kids. So like Klein, Thatch, Wes, they're kids, but as adults. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's definitely another spinoff that we want to do. It's just a matter of when we're ready to do it. Cause that 
Thatch mm-hmm. is an undertaking on his own. I was gonna say I grandpa mean, Thatch, like that would be that's like I him is in a book, he's an undertaking for sure. He's kind of like an entity of his own though. Mm-hmm. It's like when you say thatch in like romance, like people know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> they do because I was trying, we were we had a book club last Saturday night and I was saying something and I said, Yes, I just read one of their books, did a re read and I said something and they're like that's Thatch's book and it was so random and I'm like oh because I was talking about zippy rides and about having (laughs) that she went for the smallest car and they're like oh that's Thatch's and I'm like okay everybody knows that (laughs) it's it's crazy even to us it's crazy yeah he is larger than life yeah that is for sure yes to be the father of the bride he will be like chaos like he will be chaos that's for sure he's already chaos i mean because he honestly lives like like right here just all the time (laughs) right just waiting to say something he's always right there in the wings like just waiting to make a comment yeah so um yeah he'll be interesting for sure <laughs> yeah we gotta we have to mentally prepare ourselves for that mm-hmm. <laughs> like we really do we're probably gonna need like a beach trip to relax before we dive into that because uh-huh. i mean when we wrote thatch and cassie's book that it was fun but those two i just remember writing them and i'm like you're not saying this, are you? Like, why? Why are you saying this? Like, they were just so crazy. Like, it in real life, I, I, you know, I'm not Cassie. I'm sure I have Cassie qualities, but holy moly, yeah, she so is it, without filter. Like, yeah, no filter. Yeah. I can't be that Becky, person. Becky doesn't have a filter, but Cassie is still like leaps and bounds, like past <laughs> Becky's worst moments. Oh yeah, she she really goes the extra mile. That's the for sure. And, yeah, which is yeah. free. I mean, yeah, yeah. But at times they're a lot of fun. They yeah. are fun, but they also are. They're both. Um, they are like king and queen of tangents so that was like the main thing when writing it is I I mean it makes for really funny reading but I'd be like I am writing this chapter and there's already like (laughs) eight pages of him talking about something that's not involved in this chapter like it's not supposed to be the point but he thinks it's hilarious and so I guess you know, we'll start the chapter now, eight pages in. (laughs) So funny. And the thing is, is like, I totally see that. And he lives rent-free in my head. Um, We actually, we had a discussion last week about what heroes or heroines in romance could win an episode of Survivor that could play all three games, the physical, the mental, and the social piece uh-huh. of the game and that i think it was gretchen she's like he has mm-hmm. some qualities he could probably win survivor um oh, he'd go for it he <laughs> would mm. go for it yeah i think there's a book I, idea thatch on a on a deserted island, <laughs> deserted island. 
That would actually be hilarious. (laughs) I mean, he would be hilarious. Maybe a newsletter short where he gets stuck. He would be out of control. He would be hilarious for sure. That auditions for Survivor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then Cassie shows up and then they're playing each Uh other in Survivor. That'd be so funny. That would be hilarious. That's so fun. Anyway, um, ladies, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this episode. We really appreciate it. Um, and we are excited to have you guys here with us tonight, or today, today, whenever you listen to the episode. Well, thank you. It was so much fun. <laughs> They were delightful. They were in like unapologetically like funny in like. Well, in and I never would they... have guessed their backgrounds. Mm-mm. Monroe was a nurse and Max a meteorologist. I know a meteorologist. <laughs> like, like who does that? A weather it's girl. Like, They've never written a weather sp- good girl heroine. No, but they totally should. I think they should too. We should message them. Well, we have them for Drunk Book Club in May. That's true. We have so many things that we can talk about then because there are actually a lot of things that I thought about after the fact. I was like, oh, we should have told them this or we should have asked this. So I'm excited. But they were so sweet. And like, I love the way that like their whole writing process, how it just kind of is like thrown out there and there's no like set way they do. Like they don't write chapter to chapter or paragraph to paragraph. They just kind of throw it all up on the page well and there's like a one-upmanship to their comedic Mm -hmm. relief like i'm gonna write this and see if i can get max to laugh and i'm gonna write this to see if i can get monroe to laugh and i love that Mm -hmm. i think that that is probably why their their books are genuinely funny it is not forced Mm -hmm. yeah i agree okay like they just want to make each other laugh like that's the goal it it is yep 100 they said that um okay it's that time, Leah. It is that time for the book. Book of, of the, the week. week. I mean, okay. we're only all the way through April and I still don't have an echo. It's fine. We're, I'm fine. We're never getting an echo. Just accept yeah. it. We can just fake our way through our echo. It's fine. I mean, if people don't like the way that we do it, then too bad. Just tell us. Not that we'll change anything, okay. but you can tell us. You can tell us so we can tell the producer that we have been told by listeners that they want things changed. I mean, he doesn't care. Okay, Leah. But maybe it would happen. Your first this week. What's your book of the week? Okay, so my book of the week is Mine to Keep by Kennedy L. Mitchell. I was slumping so hard and I did a bunch of dirty novellas and suspense-free reads to get me out of it. And this one, it is her brand new book in her protection series. And it was wonderful and amazing. She creates an extremely compelling story with really damaged characters, whether it's just one or both, the hero and the heroine, that you you don't want to stop rooting for like you want them to get their happily ever after you want them to like to create this bond with somebody else but this is a single parent age gap sibling best friend friends to lovers story but it gets all the tropes right without overpowering the story with them nice 
Nice. Mm-hmm. I know you're a big fan of Kennedy L. Mitchell. So I am. She, she just, she has a way with the damaged character and a way with words and the, she's likes a good twist. Sometimes you don't see again, them coming. Again, I did not see the twist come. Okay. What about you? What was your book of the week? Okay. So, um, I have some free time. So we all know that Becky unsupervised is not always, um, the best, but this was a good thing. This was the best. Um, I had finished a really daunting book and then a really daunting edit and I needed something light and fluffy and fun, but instead I found delightful and dirty. I mean, it is fluffy and fun at the same time because like it's delightfully dirty and it makes you happy. It makes you so happy. So I picked up Father of the Bride by Chloe Main. It is delightful, dirty, quick novella. It's an age gap, best friends, dad romance. Um, Dennis, the it's Dennis, I think is his name. Daniel. Daniel. Whoa. Daniel and Rosie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel is like the most delightful delightful of dirty talkers and he's a construction worker but now he owns the construction firm and they're in vegas and he's a millionaire and his daughter's getting married and and bad things happen to him in vegas and so he tries to like he keeps going back to make new better memories and he made some (laughs) really delightful delight there is a scene in this book while they're at the um rehearsal dinner and he takes her into like a meeting room next oh. to the oh yeah the party room and like sisters friends romance landia countrymen people read this book read the it's book. only it was only like 120 some pages i think yeah or maybe was this 100 pages because i no, read a couple i think it was like 100 i thought it was 150 it. 180 okay I read two or three, so they were plenty together. Two hours. I laid in bed last night. I read them. Hot, hot, hot. She writes a really good Silver Fox Daddy. She does. And it's Daddy Kink with a little bit of breeding kink. It's light on the breeding kink. So if you're not sure if you like that, this is a great way to kind of dabble into it to see. And there's a little bit of praise kink mixed in there, too, because she was a good girl. She was a very good girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a book I'll read over and over again. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, But wait, just real quick, though. I want to give a shout out. We did a quick shot of it that dropped on Thursday. Um, One Way Back to Me by Carrie Ann Ryan. I cannot talk about this book enough. It starts a new family series. talking about it. I know. I know. But it starts a new family series. It's a series of brothers that are all former military. They're damaged. They're delightful. I venture to guess we're going to have some dirty talkers in that. Was he a dirty talker? Yeah, he was. He was. And he was protective and fierce and she had a backbone. Anyway, one oh, way she back does. to me. She's not like, I always worry that like, because there are every once in a while you come across a heroine who's just a big doormat and you're like, no. I really want to like you, but you don't stand up for yourself. She's pretty feisty me. and she like, when he's trying to like take over and protect her too much, she steps in and is like, um, Hey, I want to do this myself. I don't Mm -hmm. need you to fix my problems. And his thing is, but 
I love you and I want to fix your problems. So mm-hmm. their story, it is great. And we, like I said, go listen to the quick shot. It's spoiler free. Um, One Way Back to Me by Carrie and Ryan. Highly recommend. Anyway, Patreon update. A Patreon update. So we appreciate our Patreon supporters and we would not be able to bring you the podcast without them. We currently have four open tiers on Patreon. <laughs> they start at $5 a month and tier up cost-wise from there and include membership to Drunk Book Club and exclusive content. Our first goal is to reach 40 Patreon members and we are just a few people away from that. So we are very excited. We're five people away from that. And once we reach that goal, we will host another epic giveaway. Last time we did an entire Penny Reed extravaganza giveaway. We have not decided what we're going to do this time around, but it is in the works. So our big goal is 500 Patreon members. So let's reach our goal. Let's reach our goal. It's exciting. Drunk Book Club is one of the best nights of the month. Like we do another round like right now we're doing another round where we talk Bridgerton and our thoughts and feelings on Bridgerton yes and we have big feelings and if you join us on Patreon you can go back and watch those videos there are Mm -hmm. some big feelings about Patreon and this episode drops on Sunday the 24th and on this evening if you're listening to it on the drop date we will be discussing episodes five through eight which apparently are the biggest problem within the season according to some of our hosts. I have um, not, I have not delved into the rest I, of them yet. Those are my plans for the weekend, but um, yeah, it's always delightful to hang out with Sadie and Katie and mm-hmm. they have some ideas of some more, another round type episodes that they want us to uh, deep dive into um, over the summer. So expect to see more coming for another round. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I can keep up with the two of them. <laughs> I mean, they can always do it themselves if they need to. (laughs) I think I have to be in on it. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, So Drunk Book Club, like we said, is a exclusive piece to our Patreon campaign. Um, And our next one is May 21st. And we'll be joined by Max Monroe. Uh, Mm -hmm. We are reading My Brother's Billionaire Best Friend. And they'll be, Max and Monroe will both be joining us for the evening. Book Club is exclusive again for Patreon. If you would like details, you can find them at bookcaseandcoffee.com slash drunkbookclub. Um, But if you're interested in checking us out, if you've enjoyed this episode and um, Max Monroe and would love to kind of get to know them and a chance to see what Drunk Book Club is about, send us an email to the bees at bookcaseandcoffee.com or DM us on any of our social media. And mm-hmm. we will happily, we, we do, we do have a lot of people that test this out because we are a lot and we accept that and we acknowledge that. And so we don't mind if people test us out for a month and see if they like us and if they want to come back, like we've actually gotten a handful of Patreons because of that, because they, we are their people somehow, somehow. I'm not sure how that works. Um, so. Okay, so the Spring Fling Bingo Challenge is underway, and it is going on right now through the, the rest of April and the month of May. Um, we, when we think spring, we think mud and dirt, new life and growth, and we think of all new plans and hopes that come with the start of spring. So we are providing you with a guide to get rid of the gray st- skies of winter and embrace the warmer days and spicy books, because our bingo square this time has a little bit 
different of prompts. Like one is some genital piercings, perhaps, or yep. those taboos. And, or kink. Um, just find a kink book. Just find So if you want to kind of venture out of your like comfort zone, or you just want to like do the, the bingo, that's okay too. But if you want details, you can find them on the website. And as always, and as always with our challenges, there are prizes. So uh-huh. because we, we like to give away stuff. Yep. We do. Um, so for the month of April, we have, so each month we host one to two group reads in our discord server. And mm-hmm. this is a great way for one to try out new authors, but kind of a little bit more laid back book club without like having to meet at the same time, you know, in the same place via zoom. So we hold these on discord and you can pop in and out for the evening and comment as you have time or come back to it. Um, or so, if, like this last one we did, it actually lasted like a couple of days. So if like you yeah. are like, think of something after the fact, like you can always pop back in because this, like all the discussion, it stays up in the, the discord yeah. channel. So if you didn't get a chance to read the book, but something somebody says in the discussion is like, Ooh, I really, that makes me want to read this book even more. And you have thoughts or feelings on the book after the fact, you're more than welcome to pop in a couple of days later. So for uh, this coming Wednesday on April 27th, 7th. yes, 27th, mm-hmm. uh, we are discussing In My Heart by Nora Everly. Uh, Liz is going to help facilitate this discussion along with Lee and I. Um, mm-hmm. And then the next day on the 28th, that evening, we'll be live on Instagram with author Nora Everly to kind of ask her some follow-up questions because we've never talked to her and she's a new-to-me author. Mm-hmm. She's very good. I really enjoy her books. Well, she writes she is, in the smarty pants world, right? Um, she does. Like the In My Heart is, I think, is it her, it is an indie pub book, but she does write, she has a whole, she writes in the um, the library. The library, yeah. Of the smarty pants. Excellent. So um, if these are any of our Discord events, um, they're open to anyone who wants to join us. There are some channels that are locked specifically for Patreon members, but overall, the majority of the channels in our Discord are open discussions for anybody who joins. And you Mm -hmm. can find details to join on our website at bookcaseandcoffee.com slash events. Um, And also real quick, this book you have to purchase. So you can support the podcast by shopping via our Amazon affiliate link. Um, we get a small kickback every time you purchase something through Amazon. So if you're buying eBooks, please consider using our Amazon link to buy your eBooks on um, Amazon. And then we get a little bit of a kickback and that helps pays for contests. And I will just say we have summer reading coming. Mm-hmm. And we have readathon in well, September. Summer reading, we are so fortunate to have authors volunteer. Well, but to, we bought the grand prize. That's one true. Of, we do one part of the grand prize, but we do we do actually we do add to the grand prize. But we there are some amazing, amazing giveaways this year. Yeah, for summer uh, reading. Summer I'm reading is super going excited. to be so. Chaotic. I'm so jealous. It's always chaotic, but it is amazing and wonderful. And if you have not done it before, like you just need to do it. It's going to be so fun. Anyway. Okay. Tell us what we're doing next time. Okay. Next time on 
We are joined by Duchess Katie and Lady Sadie, and we are going to hold a discussion about Romance Landia 101. We are breaking down the lingo and the, all the basics of the romance genre. Although this may change because we are still in works with this episode. So this is not a guarantee. This is the Well, the Sadie, Lady Sadie and Duchess Katie will be here for our next episode. Yes. The what we talk about. Change, though. What we're talking about might change. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm feeling it uninspired. Could part, it could be part Romance Landia, part other things. You never know because you it's never a know. round table with the four of us. So we can, and we can also, do what we want. when we add Sadie and Katie, it's always a little extra chaotic. So this is true. Tangents abound. I do like a good tangent. You do. You do. That's why we get along so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone, thank you for supporting indie authors and supporting our indie podcast all month long. We truly appreciate you. Don't forget, you can join us on Patreon to continue the Buzzing About Romance podcast and all the fun that we uh, put out in the world. And until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.